I just spoke to President Trump again this morning, and we have agreed that both Canada and the United States will temporarily restrict all non-essential travel across the Canada-U.S. border. Yesterday, Wednesday, March 18th, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that the United States and Canada had mutually agreed to close their border to non-essential traffic. Travelers will no longer be permitted to cross the border for recreation and tourism. In both our countries, we're encouraging people to stay home. We're telling our citizens not to visit their neighbors if they don't absolutely have to. Well, this collaborative and reciprocal measure is an extension of that prudent approach. It's the latest travel restriction in a sweeping effort to stop the spread of coronavirus. Countries around the world are taking similar drastic measures by implementing travel bans and shutting down borders. You'll recall that the U.S. began these travel restrictions by banning travel from China. Then last week, President Trump announced the U.S. was ending travel from a long list of European countries. At first, it didn't include the U.K. and Ireland, and then it did. It was like in college when the jocks didn't invite me to any of their parties, but then I turned 21 before they did and could buy alcohol, so then they did start inviting me. Anyways, as travel has slowed, major airlines are parking their planes. Here, Delta is cutting 70% of their flights, United slashing 60%, and other carriers following suit. And while there haven't been any domestic travel restrictions, travel demand has nearly evaporated as Americans are staying home and international travel bans are keeping people grounded. The airline industry is now asking for about $50 billion in federal help. The coronavirus crisis has cast a cloud of uncertainty over the world of travel. Pilots and flight attendants and airport workers worried about their jobs. Business travelers and jet setters wondering when things will return back to normal. But as Christina Pascucci found out, for some Americans, the biggest question is, when can they come home? That's just kind of a ongoing nightmare. So there's this story that hasn't received the coverage it deserves. There's an estimated thousand Americans stuck in Peru. We spoke to one of them about the madness that's happening there right now. But first, a little background. To keep new cases from entering our shores, we will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. Last week, when President Trump announced travel restrictions from Europe considered a COVID-19 hotspot, Americans had a little bit of time to get back to the U.S. The new rules will go into effect Friday at midnight. I almost got on a plane myself last week, but that morning I remember I woke up and it felt like a new reality, not only because of Trump's ban, but I also had this email from the Department of State warning of a global level three health advisory. That means Americans should reconsider travel anywhere. So we canceled our plans, or at least we tried to, but after several days and eight hours on hold, and I'm not exaggerating on that, I gave up trying. I don't know still if I'll get a refund, but I think I'm one of the lucky ones, as you're about to hear. I think everyone's a little scared and, and frightened and just wanting to be home and be on United States soil more than anything. So if Americans had some time to react with Trump's announcement, the opposite was true in Peru, where essentially overnight this week, the military enforced a quarantine. American travelers woke up to the news, and San Diego resident Timothy Sanders says they had no prior warning. The next day, all the airports were closed, and there was no way to get onto any flights. We were all turned away from the airport trying to leave. Uh, they told us to go talk to the embassy, 
the embassy where in the city that I am in, which is Cusco in Peru, is uh, closed. It was totally vacant. And then they had a sign on the door with a number to call. We tried to call the American embassy and the phones just ring busy and no one answers. Trying to talk back home, there's no coverage of it. There's a lot of Americans stranded here. There's no one offering any help or aid. Timothy says he has to pay about 50 bucks a night for his hotel. That sounds relatively cheap, but not when he just found out he lost his job. I, I'm a chef and all the restaurants closed back home. And because they're closed, I've also been laid off from my job. So we're trying to file for unemployment back home while trying to figure out how to get home and buying groceries and renting a hotel room. And it's just kind of a ongoing nightmare. On Tuesday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the State Department has a responsibility to help Americans wherever they are. He didn't specify, though, what, if anything, he would do. So now they're left guessing while stuck in a country that's arguably not as well equipped as the U.S. to deal with crisis. It's a 15-day minimum, which means they could extend it past that. Uh, we're not allowed to go out on the streets. We can only go to the market, and it has to be one person at a time. Other than that, you're not allowed outside. If you go outside, you risk the chance of being arrested. Timothy also tells me there's been way too little to no information from the U.S. government. The only information we got was to rent a hotel room and stay there and get supplies and, and just bunker down. If you have a life or death emergency regarding a U.S. citizen... I called the embassy. The only way I could get through was if I said I had an emergency and I finally got someone on the phone, only to be told to check out the website peru.travel for updates. No help. So I called the State Department multiple times. They told me U.S. citizens in Peru should monitor the embassy's website and enroll at step.state.gov to get the latest info. Again, I guess it was something, but not that helpful. The main thing we're asking for is just someone to send relief. If military aid can come and help us and get us out of here or any kind of help whatsoever. And we've talked to people from Argentina and uh, in the throughout Europe and other parts of South America that have actually gotten through to their embassies and have talked to them and have told them that they're coming up with plans to get them out. And we can't even get in contact with our embassies. It feels like we've all kind of been left alone to deal with it ourselves. And we don't really have a way out. When I asked the State Department what it would take to send in a plane for the Americans in Peru, they said I should follow up later. Hundreds of U.S. citizens are trapped. Those Americans have now signed a Google Doc. They formed WhatsApp groups and posted to the hashtag StuckInPeru. They're finding support in one another. American citizens also stranded abroad in Morocco, Cambodia, and other countries in addition to Peru. So while many of us are now hopefully self-isolating in our homes, it's important to remember that some out there don't even have that luxury. More Coronavirus Daily tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app so it shows up in your feed and you never miss an episode. We also hope you'll share this podcast with someone you know. Don't spread the coronavirus, spread us instead. It would also be helpful if you left a rating and a review wherever you listen. If you've got questions, let me or Christina know by reaching out on social media. You can tweet us at KTLA Podcasts or at Christina KTLA. For continuing coverage on the coronavirus, visit KTLA.com or check the KTLA News app. Thanks for listening.